Computer, initialize Holosuite. This is the Sci-Fi Feminist Podcast, and um, yes, although I released an episode last week, this is the first one that I'm recording this week in the new year. I hope everyone had a wonderful festive season, and yes, I wish everyone a really good year that lies ahead. I will keep doing the podcast this year. I may take some breaks in between. We'll see how it goes, but for now... Um, I'll keep bringing you new episodes of the Sci-Fi Feminist podcast and I'll keep discussing hopefully new movies and series and the representation of women and men and gender and all sorts of things um, in the movies. So yes, thank you for listening and thank you for tuning in. As usual, I would like to thank Ashley Ariel on Patreon very much for their continuous support of the podcast and if you would like a shout out or other perks then head over to my Patreon page and um, have a look and um, you can even meet me if you want. All right so today we are going to talk about the Matrix Resurrections. Yes um, maybe first things first um when did I first see The Matrix? So actually, while I was watching The Matrix Resurrections, um, I kind of forgot everything that happened in the first three movies because I saw it like years and years and years ago. Um, but what I liked about the movie, I think one positive thing is that they, they included footage from the previous three movies to kind of help you recap while you are watching The Matrix Resurrections. So I'm not sure what everyone thought about the movie, but I quite enjoyed it. I wouldn't say it was good or bad. I think it was just a nice movie, good entertainment for two and a half hours. Um, and it's very nice that they brought back all the familiar characters and also um, used the same actors and then also introduced some new characters. So the characters I want to talk about today from The Matrix Resurrections, basically it's the two main female protagonists. It is, of course, the lovely and beautiful Trinity and also the new character introduced as Bugs. All right, so I'm not going to really look at the movie. Well, yes, I'm going to look at the movie in terms of feminism, but... Um, Yes, let us see where this movie kind of fits within current feminist discourse or where does it fit into feminism as a whole. So if we look at the first three Matrix movies, um, they must have come out like, what, 20 years ago by now, I think. I'm not sure even when the first one came out, but I remember I was quite young and I only watched it when I was a little bit older. But that time, Trinity was just the hottest thing you could imagine. Um, of course, The Matrix had all sorts of appeals, but I think Trinity was one of the main ones. And um, I remember my dad, he had a huge crush on Trinity. He was in love with her. And um, yeah, later when I watched The Matrix... Um, I guess I also had a girl crush on Trinity because she's just such a badass. Um, so if we look at Trinity from the past, um, I mentioned the date for the, the release of the first Matrix movies because actually um, during that time, about 20 years ago, 
around the early 2000s and late 1990s, um, there was this predominant way in which women were represented, and it is called the post-feminist supergirl. Now, I've talked about the supergirl a few times in the podcast already, and I actually feel like Trinity, the version that we see of her in the first three Matrix movies, she really fits this trope. Um, so what is the post-feminist supergirl? Well, she is tough but feminine. She's beautiful and she's strong. She is sexy and even sexualized, but she also confounds many feminine stereotypes. The idea that women are weak. Um, the post-feminist supergirl is by no means weak. She usually has a very feminine body, but very masculine character. So in terms of her actions, she tends to be quite violent. She's usually able to fight very well. We see Trinity do a lot of very nice fighting scenes in the early Matrix movies. And um, yes, she she's usually quite um, yeah cold too in terms of her personality. Maybe not cold, but masculine. Um, yes, so how does the early version of Trinity then embody these tropes? Well, I think as I'm listing them and you look at the early version of Trinity... Um, all of these things fall right into place. Um, throughout the early Matrix movies, Trinity wears this very, very tight black leather outfit. And it is very sexy, but it is also very cool. And um, yeah, she wears that coat too, which tends to cover her body. But um, literally just a week ago, I posted an image of the early version of Trinity on on Instagram. And... Most of the comments are like, wow, hot, you know, wow, she's so hot, so cool. Um, that is the appeal of the post-feminist Supergirl. She is hot. She is sexy. She is many times even sexualized. I don't know to what extent Trinity is sexualized, um, but definitely even though her clothing covers most of her body, it still reveals quite a lot because it is so tight. And um, Trinity is sexy. There's no doubt about that. So she have, we have that on the one hand, a very stereotypically beautiful female character who also confounds stereotypes by being very strong and very tough and very violent. So, of course, you know, the stereotypes that women are weak, um, women cannot fight, women are not as strong as men, um, women are over-emotional. Um, all of those sorts of stereotypes of femininity while Trinity has this very feminine and sexy body, she also transcends those stereotypes. Um, like I mentioned, she is a very competent fighter. She can shoot, she can kill, um, she fights very well. And in terms of her personality too, we never see her being emotional. Um, <laughs> yes, in the old Matrix movies, um, her her facial expression is always like stone cold. <laughs> like she doesn't smile. She doesn't really cry. Um, she's just like this blank face with the glasses and she's ready to kick your ass. Um, so yes, she would then definitely fit this trope of the post-feminist supergirl. Now, 20 years later, we are here in the Matrix Resurrections. And not only do we have a much older version of Trinity, 
but we also have a new female character. And um, I will place the new female character Bugs within fourth wave feminism, the fourth wave feminist action heroine, which is something I came up with. But I'll talk about that in a second. Let's first have a look at what Trinity is like now. So I found it very, very interesting. The movie makes quite a bit of, um, how can I say, tongue-in-cheek comment. Um, you see, there are many layers of meaning. Um, and I think that is why we love The Matrix, because it is also quite philosophical while still being very um, easy to digest. Um, but what basically happens is that Neo is stuck in the Matrix again, and I found these layers of meaning very interesting. He is stuck in the Matrix, and he made a video game called The Matrix, which is actually everything from the first three movies, or the first movie at least, I think. Um, so, so he thought he made a video game called The Matrix, but it's actually just his memories of The Matrix, but obviously he's in The Matrix, so he doesn't know. And then he mentions things like, yeah, um, Warner Brothers wants to buy the Matrix. And, um, you know, these, these comments that make it actually sound like he is not in, um, like he is actually in our world, like kind of breaking the fourth wall. Um, if you watch it, you will see what I mean. I found it very interesting. Um, and I thought that was so clever because that made me think like, oh, what if I am in the Matrix? <laughs> what if I am in a Matrix? What if none of this is real? And I guess, that is the point of the movie. I guess that's also what the first movie really... Um, well, I've spoken to people who honestly believe that we live in the Matrix, that nothing that we actually see and do and touch is actually real. So um, it plays on that once again. Um, and then the way they treat Trinity, and I thought this was very interesting. And for me, this is a form of feminist criticism or commentary that the movie makes. It's very subtle, but I think it's very, very effective. Um, Trinity, of course, she is also stuck in the Matrix, and um, she has two kids and a husband. And she is like a typical mom. And most interesting of all, and I think this is the funniest of all, is that her name is Tiffany, <laughs> which is such a like a uh, stereotypical like, like mom name um you know trinity this badass kick-ass character trinity um she's given the name tiffany <laughs> uh so anticlimactic and um she is basically your um yeah average um mom i'm not sure if she's actually a housewife in the film um but she is a mom so i thought well, I definitely thought that they did that um, intentionally and that there is some irony in that. Um, the fact that when, you know, in this version of the Matrix um, or in this Matrix that they are stuck in, um, this female character really that, that kind of confounds all the ideas of women's oppression and feminine stereotypes, um, she is made to fit very much in well, I wouldn't say that she's oppressed, but um, many feminist theorists would argue, well, the second waivers especially, argued that, you know, motherhood and also marriage oppresses women. So this really independent character from the first three movies um, is given this very ironic makeover in The Matrix Resurrections. Um, while it does that, I think there's one thing about her that 
is quite cool and that's the fact that she builds bikes and she loves riding bikes i remember that's one of the appeals for my dad too um he loves bikes uh at some point he even had three i think now he's down to two bikes and uh he also let me ride the bike <laughs> until i failed my bike license and couldn't get a bike but um for him like the sexiest thing was trinity riding a bike um so in the new one too um she builds bikes and at the the final scene she's actually riding the bike um with keanu reeves on the back but um, I think that's one thing of the new Trinity that kind of, um, yeah, confounds those stereotypes. Maybe something that empowers her a little bit. Um, and interestingly, that is the only thing that she kind of keeps from her past, from the old Trinity that we used to know. Um, so, yes, eventually... Uh, spoilers um she she makes it out of the matrix she realizes that she's in the matrix and then she is the badass trinity that we have known earlier that we have known before um so one very important point that i want to point out and i really think this is a feminist um, makeover of the matrix uh the whole matrix is the fact that at the end, um, Neo tries to fly and he can't. And then they jump off a building at some point and Trinity is actually the one flying. So that technically means that she is the chosen one, not Neo anymore. And I thought that was such a feminist twist that they put on the, the Matrix Resurrections because now Trinity is actually the true hero in the traditional sense. She is the hero of the movie. She's the one that saves them. And she is the chosen one. She is the protagonist, the main person, the subject. Um, all of that is twisted on its head. And interestingly, it does that without really taking away um, Neo's, Neo's importance. And that is why I would place the Matrix Resurrections not only in terms of the character bugs, but also in terms of Trinity within fourth wave feminism. It is very interesting that Trinity um, yeah, now becomes the hero. And secondly, that she works together with Neo and that they are sort of equals. Um, his, his power is not taken away by her being given power. And this is a fourth wave feminist thing. If you listen to the episode on Mad Max and Furiosa, we have the same relationship between Furiosa and Max in the Mad Max Fury Road movie a male and a female character who actually, even though the female character is the main protagonist, evidently, it seems to be the main protagonist, um, she is so without taking away from Max's agency and Max's power. So this is a trend in representation that we're seeing. So when I saw that in The Matrix, I wasn't that surprised, actually. I was like, oh, okay, this is to be expected of a movie produced in 2021 or 2022, um, because this is what we see in current popular culture. Right, um, there's also some comment on motherhood. Um, at the end of the film, she says, um, she goes to the bad guy. I thought it was so funny that they cho chose the guy from How I Met Your Mother to be the bad guy. Um, <laughs> 
I don't know if that would have been my casting choice, but anyway, I did a good job. But she she basically goes and beats him up after she comes flying in, and Neo like has to take the door because Neo can't fly. Um, and uh, she beats him up, and first of all, she's like, "How could you name me Tiffany? You know, so bad." Um, and then he's like, "No, it was an inside joke." And then she beats him up, and then. Um, the final blow she she gives him, um, she says, really, why did you have to use children? Because um, the children were kind of one thing that, um, you know, actually really um, in a very literal way oppressed her because um, she wanted to go help her children. And because of that and her husband, she couldn't actually realize that she was in the matrix. So... I thought that was quite um, quite interesting. Um, literally, after she lets go of the children and the husband, she becomes liberated from um, from the Matrix, and she realizes that she's in the Matrix. Um, yes, one comment that the bad guy also makes at the end: he tells Neo, "Can't you control her?" When he starts beating, she starts beating him up, and um, I think that's of course also a very feminist comment um, <laughs> because then she slits his throat, and Neo is just like, uh, "No, <laughs> there's no controlling Trinity. There's no oppressing her. You know, she is an empowered female." character um she is the subject here she's the one that can fly she's the one that does the fighting i'm just here to you know watch or support so definitely a feminist twist on the matrix resurrections um this is all the evidence i could find i would be interested if you could find some more um but i definitely think they put a feminist twist on it all right um let's get to the character bugs also um Typical, typical fourth wave feminist female character. Now, I've done some episodes on these fourth wave action heroines um, a few times. Yeah, um, one of them was Laura Croft. I discussed it a bit in Star Trek as well. Um, can't remember of other episodes where I talked about this. But basically, um, these new heroines that we see, they all have similar things in common. Um, they are not like the version of Trinity that we used to see. They are not your um, sexy, um, tight leather outfit, feminine, beautiful. They are not those types of characters. They tend to be a bit more tomboyish. And we see with Bugs, she has short blue hair. Um, and she definitely is a little bit tomboyish. Um, she wears boots, baggy clothes. Um, there's nothing emphasizing her body or her femininity or her sexuality. Um, she can also fight. She's very competent with fighting and also all sorts of technical things. Um, so in that sense, she can do everything that the old Trinity was able to do, but without this very sexy and objectified body. Um, another thing about the fourth wave uh, feminist action heroines is that they are more androgynous. Um, they are a bit more masculine, like I mentioned, not overly feminine. And we kind of see in their personality, not these extremes of having an overly feminine body and an overly masculine um, um, character or personality, but more a combination of the two. Now, I can't recall Bugs crying or becoming emotional or showing any real stereotypical markers of femininity, but um, she's definitely 
yeah, she does not have those two extremes. Her personality is much more, I would say, just a normal personality, <laughs> what any woman would be like. Um, not this stone-cold, you know, uh, person that doesn't say anything, that's never sad and never happy. Um, Bugs shows a little bit more emotion than the older version of Trinity that we used to see. Um, she also occupies an important role in her society or in her narrative world. She is the general. Um, so she is a leader figure, um, which, you know, places a woman at the head of the squad that is there to rescue Neo and Trinity and to save the world again. <laughs> yeah, so um, that is it regarding Bugs. It's funny now that I think about it. Now I can't think of any other characteristics of the fourth wave feminist action heroines that, um, that that I mentioned in other episodes. But you can watch The Matrix, you can listen to the older episodes, and you can let me know um, what you think. Um, yes, one thing that also came to mind now is that they are usually a little bit younger. Um, so the post-feminist Supergirl, she tends to be in the height of her sexuality and her beauty. Uh, usually we would put them in their 30s or so. Um, yeah, Trinity 2, the older version of Trinity, she's definitely a woman, not a girl. Um, Bugs, yeah, she's quite a bit younger. Um, she's not this grown-up woman. Um, I don't know how old I would, I would estimate her age, maybe around my age, you know, in her later 20s, maybe. Um, but the fourth wave action heroines tend to be a little bit younger, too. The new version of Lara Croft 2 she is much younger. Um, they tend to be a little bit younger. Another um, aspect of them is an emphasis on motherhood and an emphasis on their relationships with their mothers. But um, yeah, unfortunately, this is never really explored with the character Bugs. I think there's too many other things um, happening for them to explore that. But she does have, um, you know, there are many older female characters that play very important roles too, like Naomi. Um, that could be a mother figure for Bugs. Um, and also the one that is, that is at the well. I'm not sure, I forgot her name. Um, yeah, but overall, there's actually a variety of female characters. And um, in terms of race too, we tend to see these days characters of different races more often, especially female characters. So we have uh, many women of color. Um, I can't remember if there was an Asian woman in the Matrix Resurrections. Um, or if Bugs herself, she has some Asian features. I'm not sure. Um, not that, yeah, maybe. <laughs> I don't mean like all Asians have the same features, but you know what I mean. Um, I'm not sure. But yes, um, so, so in these fourth wave feminist types of movies, you tend to see um, not only like white sexy women, but women of different races, and um, sexualities and um, classes too. Now, I guess that's not something, sexuality is not really something they could explore too much in the Matrix Resurrections because there's so much going on already with Trinity and Neo. But um, yeah, I wonder if there will be a sequel, um, if, uh, yeah, we will see some more of that. Very interesting um, is that, I don't know if you know this, fun fact, but um, 
the the is it the Wachowski brothers that did the Matrix originally? Um, both of them are transgendered now. So you will see at the end it says it was directed by Lana Wachowski. Sorry, I I always get that the surname wrong. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, that is an interesting fact. It is actually the first uh, movie ever that uh, or franchise ever that was in the beginning directed by um two men um that became two women <laughs> um yeah that had a, a a sex change so that is quite interesting um yes so that is it regarding the matrix resurrections as i'm talking about it i'm like yo i need to write a paper about this there's so much going on in these movies um so much to talk about and so much to write about and it's such a reflection of how um the feminine ideals have changed over time especially if we look at trinity yes so obviously um just back to trinity briefly the actress also became older so um that's also an interesting trend we're seeing i guess because these days lots of reboots are being made um but they use the same actresses um to play the the characters that used to be these very sexy bombshells in the past um which is nice i like that they don't replace them with younger sexier ones but that they keep the 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 original actresses and um even though they have aged a little bit um you know they 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 go with it and they use them and um, i think that's really nice too it shows us different femininities um, Trinity is a bit older now and like that's totally okay <laughs> um, she doesn't have to be young and sexy all the time which is really lovely so yes that is it regarding the matrix um, I think it is a nice topic to start off the new year um, yes I have some merch for sale on Redbubble and Teespring and Teepublic so head over there if you want and buy yourself a t-shirt or buy someone a t-shirt and um yes i look forward to the hosting this podcast for the rest of the year i hope everyone has a wonderful week ahead and a wonderful january and a wonderful year ahead and then i will see everyone again next week um, on the sci-fi feminist podcast for some more episodes i'm thinking about talking about the witcher yeah i'll see how it goes um i'm just finishing it now so yeah, let's see how it goes. But um, yeah, if you have episode requests, if you want to request anything specific, um, you can actually go onto Patreon and um, sign up. And yeah, you can get requests. <laughs> you can give me requests and I will discuss what you like. Yeah, so let me know. All right. Thank you, everyone. This is the Sci-Fi Feminist signing off. Live long and prosper. Bye-bye. This show is brought to you by Sweet Media. Computer. List other available Holosuite media programs. Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, The Fluffernutter, an expeditionary force podcast. One of the best parts of the book is when Joe introduces Skippy once they hit orbit. (laughs) (laughs) He changes his skin to, was it, Bud Light? And says absolutely nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That, that That was hysterical. That was absolutely hysterical. And why And why did he choose Bud Light? Oh, Joe asks this question. It's just like, how does he know so much about Earth culture? Loading Holosuite Preview Program 4, Blast Shield, a Star Trek Lower Decks podcast. I think we all thought Ransom was going to go into that fight scene.
thinking that it was game over before it even started and he was going to lose. But I think the moment he rips his uniform off, (laughs) which is hard anyway to rip a shirt, but to rip an actual like jacket like that, Mm. pretty impressive. And then he had like about, I don't know, I think it was like 62 abs. He just looked ripped and then he was just like, you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. (laughs) I was just going to say, it was the way that he also narrated it. It was just perfect. It was great. Ransom definitely went to the school of Kirk Fu. Ransom Fu, maybe we should be calling it. Computer, deactivate Holosuite.